Now please take a copy of the scriptures. Turn with me once again to Exodus 20. We continue to examine the teaching of the Ten Commandments together. We looked at the first four commandments. In last Lord's Day we looked at the Sabbath command, which brings us to the fifth commandment. At the beginning, what is often known as the second table of the law. The first four commandments deal with our love to God, the honour and the reverence that we owe to God. And the remaining six is how we love our neighbours as ourselves. And the fifth commandment is honour thy father and thy mother. Before we read it, in its context, we'll bow our heads together and pray. My God and Father, please open our eyes that we would behold wondrous things out of your law. For Jesus' sake we pray. Amen. We'll read it all from Exodus 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I... The Lord your God, I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honour your father and mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. You shall not covet your neighbour's house. You shall not covet your neighbour's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbour's. Amen. We thank the Lord for his holy and inerrant word. The fifth commandment, Exodus 20 verse 12, is without doubt a tract for our times. And its message speaks with sharp clarity holy urgency to the context which we live in, in contemporary Britain and the wider world. Because though wider, its focus is the family. Family dynamics, family health, its essence, its essential structure, the importance of family. Because it presupposes as normative the union of one man with one woman in the bonds of marriage. presupposes that. That is the foundation behind it. And in the context of that union, they will, should God bless them with children, raise a family in stability and respect. So that is the God-ordained plan for human flourishing. And that is therefore behind the fifth commandment. But it's not the world in which we live in today. It's not the world we live in. Family life in our world, in our day, is complicated and not reflective of the biblical norm. 
So the fifth commandment is a trap for our times. And we badly need to hear its message. Look at verse 12. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. I want to give three metaphors, three images, three points. And of course they all start with the same letter that help us understand the scope, the meaning and the use of the fifth commandment. Number one, it's a bridge command. Number two, it is a blanket command. And number three, it is a beacon. So bridge, blanket, beacon. If you remember three things, bridge, blanket, beacon. So the fifth commandment is a bridge. It is a blanket and it is a beacon. So what do I mean by a bridge? Well, it links the two late tables of the law. It is a bridge between the first and second tables of the law. It is the perfect bridge between the first four commandments that call us to honour God with our eyes and our hearts and our tongues and our time. If you think about it, that's the essence of commandments one to four. And the fifth commandment serves by bridging those four commandments with the remaining six which call us to love our neighbours sacrificially and well in a way that, in a manner that will please the Lord our God. So there is a sense in which the fifth commandment stands at the head of the second table, because it does belong in the category of loving our neighbours. But there is a sense where the fifth commandment is the bridge between commandments one and four, the way that we honour God, and commandments 6 to 10, the way we love our neighbours. Notice, for example, the word with which the fifth commandment begins. Honour. Honour your father and your mother. Now that word honour in Hebrew is kabod. You may have heard me use that word before, kabod. And it means glory. And when it's used of God, it means weightiness. It means gravity. Kabod, which means honour, also means weightiness, gravity, but glory. Kabod is one of the great worship words of the Old Testament. Um, Psalm 22, verse 23, You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. That's the word kabod. And stand in awe of him, ye offspring of Israel. Isaiah 24 verse 15 calls the world to worship using kabod. It says, therefore, in the east, give glory, give kabod to the Lord. To, in the coastlands of the sea, give glory to the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. So kabod is a Hebrew word for glory, but is a way of honour. So the connection between the first four commandments, where we love God, we honour God, and the remaining six where we love your neighbour is made especially clear in Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 where God through Malachi uses the category in the language of the fifth commandment and applies it to how we treat God himself. A son honours his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honour? And if I am a master, where is my fear? So the honour that the fifth commandment requires a son to give his father is analogous to the honour we owe to God. So there's a link between the first four commandments and the fifth commandment. And the fifth commandment echoes this big idea at the heart of commandments one to four 
and to apply it to the relationship of parents and children. So God is to be honoured as Father. We honour God as Father. But we're similarly to honour our own parents with an honour and a reverence and a love. That is a mirror image of the way we honour God. So the loving reverence that is to mark our family relationships must echo the loving reverence of our relationship with God himself. So we're reminded that piety and practice, the way we live, the way we worship, are intrinsically and profoundly bound together. The way we live and the way we worship fit together, which means there's no way to honour God while dishonouring your family, dishonouring your parents. And it doesn't just stop while, you know, when you leave home. What applies vertically to God applies horizontally as well. Or to put another way, the family and the way that children honour parents is designed by God, designed by God, to reflect the honour that God himself receives in our lives. You could even say the way that children honour parents, and I, I do stress not only while they're at home, but the way that children honour parents later as well, the dynamics of relationships within a family is a barometer of the place that the Lord holds in, in the hearts of the members of that household. And when there's a rupture in the relationship between parents and children, when fathers and mothers are estranged from their sons and daughters, it shouldn't surprise us when on scrutiny we discover a spiritual gulf in the lives of parents and children alike where God is not held in the honour that he is due. We could say the opposite is, is true as well and find comfort in the fifth commandment, not just a warning, not just a rebuke, where God is honoured, when we truly pursue his praise, when Jesus is the pearl of greatest value, more precious than anything else. When we make it our desire and our satisfaction to live for the smile and the well-done, good and faithful servant of our Heavenly Father. When God is honoured, we'll find that dishonour, spite, anger, dictatorial, aggressive harshness, and the festering resentments that creep into family life, and all of those mark family life in the world today, begin to shrivel and die. See, when an environment where Jesus Christ is cherished, when Jesus Christ is loved, revered and honoured. It is so different to the disrespect and harshness and lovelessness in the home. So a home where God in Christ, by the Spirit, is given honour and glory, will be a home that is marked by gentle leadership and honour amongst parents and children. So it is a bridge command. It bridges between the first four and the remaining six. It connects the honour that God deserves and the way we treat each other. I think it's wonderful, actually. I think it's marvellous, this idea of this bridge command. It bridges the honour that God is due and then the honour that we give one another. Which brings me to the second point. It's a blanket command. Just checking the time. I'm on, I'm on time, second time. This is Communion Sunday as well. We'll be fine. And this is a blanket commandment. 
And that means, rightly so, you read, you know, if you read the original commentators as well, it blankets a whole wide range of human relationships. It speaks directly to parents and children, clearly. Colossians 3, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Ephesians 6 verse 1, Paul says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. And Paul, in Ephesians 6 verse 2, quotes the fifth commandment. So to put it bluntly, what is the application? God wants children to do what they're told. There's an application there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, the little phrase, in the Lord, of course, is important. It means that when we're commanded to sin, we must disobey. But we know, for the best part, Christian parents have our best interest at heart. And what they ask us to do is what God wants us to do, so it's part of our duty to obey in the Lord. It's part of our responsibility as followers of Jesus to reverence and respect them, to honour them, to obey them quickly, cheerfully and respectfully. Now I know that can be hard because parents can be frustrating, right? Parents can be frustrating, I'm sometimes aware I am. And it doesn't get away, go away as you get older, sometimes it gets worse. Mark Twain said, when I was a buyer of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the man around. And when I got to 21, I was astonished how much he'd grown in seven years. Mums and dads can be frustrating. And we sometimes think we know better than them. But God calls us to be humble. Grey hair is also an example of, I can assure you, of life lived. And to accept instruction. To accept instruction, there are people who know more than you do. Really? Yeah. And to honour them enough to do what we're asked. Obey in a way to say, I love Jesus. I want to please him. And as part of my desire to honour Jesus, I will honour my parents. But, clearly God has a word for parents. It doesn't mean that we rule the roost, like Jabba the Hutt. No, after telling children to obey, Paul says, fathers, he has a word for dads. He says, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Don't be the source of discouragement in your home. Just because you're called biblically to lead gives you no license to be overbearing, cruel, domineering and selfish. Jesus calls us to follow his example and serve. We help in the home. We do the washing up. We serve. We lead by service, not by brandishing a whip. Which means we tenderly lead. We help in the home. We serve our families and we do so sacrificially. Ephesians 6 verse 4, Paul says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. If you want children to honour you, honour you, be sure to pursue their hearts with the gospel and by the way of the gospel. Practice patience. Trust Jesus with your kids. Frederick Douglass, the American abolitionist, said, and I think this is really, really, really key, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men.
It's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And that's our calling, parents. Strive to be honourable, honourable in the way that you treat your children so that your children will honour you. It's that word, honour. Love them so that they may love you. Love them with gospel love that they might love you for the sake of the gospel. And in the context of the fifth commandment and honouring our parents, there's some practical ways that will help keep the sick. Sometimes I end on an application. The next two weeks I can just give you, assure you that I'm, I'm really upside down. I'm beginning with application next week, by the way. I'm beginning with application on what the uh, commandment covers and not. But anyway, then, and this time it's in the middle. The application's in the middle. Just five things that we can apply in obedience to the fifth commandment. So what can I do this week to obey the fifth? And here are five things that you can do to keep the fifth. It's either five and five anyway. Um, you can say yes, yes mum. In America it's very, very interesting um, their parents, especially in the South, they call their mum's mum and their dad's sir. I'm not necessarily going to apply that in the UK, but it's, it is cool. It is cool. But so number one, you say, yes, mum. Number two, you say, thank you, dad. Number three, you say, I am sorry. Number four, you'll say, I'll take care of that. And number five, just say hello. So number one, say, yes, mum. Cheerful obedience. It's amazing. What a gift to honour your parents to say, yes, mum. Secondly, thank you, dad. A simple thing. I love it when my kids thank me. I love it. I love it. You can never be too old to thank your parents. It doesn't matter how old your parents may be. It doesn't matter how old you may be. You can say thank you. You can say thank you. You can, when the meal comes on the table, you can say, thank you. When they pick you up at school, you can say, thank you. If they give you a gift on your birthday, say, thank you. Or maybe just go home later today and pick up the phone and say, thank you. Ring your parents and thank them. Thank them for everything. Thirdly, say, I'm sorry. What a refreshing thing to say, I am sorry. It's harder than the first two. And say, say it like you mean it, because you do. Don't do what famous people say. when they, Have you ever listened to celebrities when they're called out? They say, I'm sorry if I offended you. That's bonk. I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry, but what they did was worse. Just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. And if you have in your mind all the time, I am the way I am because my parents are messed up, well, you're going to walk around with a chip the size of China on your shoulder. If you think it's 75% my parents' fault, everything's my parents' fault, they never acknowledge that. So if I say I'm sorry, my parents won't learn how bad they are. Really? Just do it the gospel way. Please do it the gospel way and say, I am sorry. I am sorry. Not I am sorry because you're worse. And let the Holy Spirit do his work in their lives. Because the Holy Spirit has done a work in your life. And maybe he's bringing you to the point 
that you should have said years ago and say, I'm sorry. Thomas Brooks said, and I love this, by the way, repentance is the vomit of the soul. Why do you love that? Because it's no fun to vomit. Repentance is hard work. It's painful, but it's necessary. It's hard to go to dad and mum and mean it, but it would be a sweet thing to honour them today if you say, I'm sorry for the way I acted yesterday. I'm sorry for my attitude. I'm sorry for not thanking you for all that you've done. And fourthly, the fourth application, I'll take care of that. The dishes, mum, I'll take care of that. You sit down, mum, I'll take care of that. What a wonderful way to honour the fifth commandment and say to dad and mum, I'll take care of that. How can I help you? It takes dying to self to say that. And lastly, the last application, say hello. Maybe that's the, the start, just to say hello. Just say hello, pick up the phone and say hello. Send a picture, send a WhatsApp. If you don't know what one of those is, ask somebody sitting next to you. Try, try and make it home for a visit. Or if you don't have living live parents, please the God of families by loving God's family. We have a heavenly father to honour. And we have the family of God to love and to serve. And whether we've had great parents, and hearing a sermon like this brings a tear to our eye, I know that. How they've gone to be with the Lord. I'm so privileged to have Christian parents. I'm so privileged to absolutely miss my dad every day. I know that. I know that. Or maybe you have parents who were and are very harsh. But we all have a heavenly father who loves us. And because of his love for us. Because of his love for us. We can obey his word and honour our father and mother. Think of Jesus' story of the prodigal. There you have a father. And instead of bringing his son out and saying, here he is, stone him. He ran, he ran, he ran to his long lost son and embraced him and said, this son of mine who was lost and is found and has come home. And that's what God our Father has done for every one of us if we're his. And if he's done for that, if he's adopted us into his family, if he's adopted us as his sons and daughters, adoption is such a wonderful thing. And we'll come to that next week. But if Christians are against abortion, they must be for adoption. Because we've been adopted into his family. And we're his sons and daughters. And we should give our very best to obey him, to love him, and honour, honour our earthly parents. The fifth commandment deals with parents and children. But it's a blanket command. It covers more relationships than the relationships of parents and children. It speaks to the way we relate to authority. Let me commend to you the exposition of the Ten Commandments in the Westminster Larger Catechism. And it's a remarkable treatment of the way God's law applies to our lives, in particular the Fifth Commandment. Now, a number of categories are addressed there, not just parents and children. It covers civil authorities. <coughs> the government officials, church leaders, those older than us in society, we should honour them. The Bible makes the point when it says that civil powers, government officials, it calls them parents. 
Isaiah 49 verse 23 says, Kings shall be your foster fathers, and their queens your nursing mothers. Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. It's the language of the fifth commandment to honour to whom honour is owed. It reflects how we speak about our leaders when we disagree with them. It's not okay to necessarily to call our leaders names. And what does it show about your heart, your humility, as you're called to show honour to those set over you by God in his providence? The level of political discourse in the current debates, the sneering asides by the media, the talk show hosts, and the Twitter, now ex-keyboard warriors, tells us, does it not, that we've fallen far from the honour that the fifth commandment calls us to give to those in authority. And it has a way of desensitising us as Christians to our Christian duty. We're called to show honour even when we differ. Parents and children are here, civil authorities are here, leaders in the church are covered here. Paul addresses believers as my children in Galatians 4. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul likens his ministry to the care of a mother, the encouragement of a father. And in 1 Timothy, it addresses those older than us in society are to be shown honour and reverence as fathers and mothers. I, one of the things I've noticed, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not afraid, I'm not ashamed to say this, is that I will still get, get up to give my seat to an older person. It's the right thing to do. It is, it is showing honour to those who are older. Do not rebuke an older man, 1 Timothy 5, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. So as long as obedience to man doesn't call us to break God's law, the fifth commandment calls us to show honour and reverence in the Lord to those in authority, whether politicians, government leaders, church pastors, dads and mums, and even those who are older than ourselves. So it's a blanket commandment, and it calls us to a revolutionary way of behaving and treating each other in an age of cynicism, disrespect and anger. You've only got to look on social media to see how nuts people are, how angry they are. So how remarkable, how distinct a church that embraced the fifth would have before the watching world. Jesus said, by this, all men shall know, by, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. How? Not by how good I am at typing out commands to other people, but by your love for one another. By the way that you honour one another, by the respect, by the charity, by the kindness you display in your dealings with one another. What a witness we would be. So, it is a bridge, it is a blanket, but it's a beacon. And it's a beacon, because like a beacon shine, you guide ships into safe harbour. The fifth commandment guides our steps into the way of blessing. Look at the promise which is not often taught of the fifth. Honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land. 
that the Lord your God has given you. Now remember where Israel is. Where is Israel in salvation's history? It's at the foot of Sinai, in the wilderness, towards Canaan. And God is saying, if you will live according to my law, I'll give you not just the land, but a long life to enjoy the land that I will give you. Now there's a temptation to spiritualise the promise altogether. And to be sure, this side of the cross and the empty tomb, we have to understand the continuity, discontinuity of the commandments. There's no longer the promised land for the church. There's no parcel of land in the earth held out to us. The meek shall inherit the earth. The new creation is God's promise to us. And we taste some of the heavenly reality, the new creation reality, in the midst of the fallen world as we trust in Jesus. But that's implied in the promise made out to us here. But if you go back to Ephesians 6, 1-2, where Paul presses the obligation of children to honour their parents in terms of the fifth commandment, you see him continuing to apply the promise. He doesn't spiritualise it away, although he does modify it. There's no longer a promise of a specific homeland for God's people, but he does say, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. There is a promise of blessing in this life to those who live in conformity with God's law in obedience to his standards. It is not the health and wealth gospel, but God promises a happy life ordinarily is found in an obedient life, and we know that to be true. The blessing promise ordinarily follows honourable human relationships, even in the home, especially in the home, but in the church and in society as large. Blessing and obedience are connected. The good life and the obedient life go together. Suffering intrudes, affliction intrudes, but God's promise stands true. The Lord declares in 1 Samuel 2 verse 30, Far be it from me, for those who honour me I will honour, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. But you say, I'm a sinner. I trust in Jesus, but I fail every day. I don't honour my father and mother as I should. I fail to honour authority in whatever expression. I don't obey the fifth commandment. What hope of blessing is there for me? Well, the hope of blessing is always and only in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see that this is the beacon? No one ever kept the fifth commandment apart from Jesus. As, as, as a teenager, he was found in the temple with his parents. Luke 2, verse 51, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Jesus obeyed his father and he obeyed his mother. On John 17, on the eve of his betrayal, Jesus said, Father, I've glorified you on earth, having finished, accomplished the work you gave me to do. He was obedient to his heavenly father. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was crushed, when he buckled under the weight of our sin and the suffering that he knew that our penalty deserved, he cried out for deliverance, but was able to say, Abba, Father, not my will, but thine be done. 
Jesus was obedient to his heavenly Father. And nailed to the cross, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that moment, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus on the cross made sure his mother would be cared for by John. He honoured his mother on the cross. Hebrews 5 verse 8, And though he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Philippians 2 verse 8, Study it this afternoon, and we found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. My friend, Jesus was the obedient son. He honoured his parents on earth, and above all, he honoured his heavenly Father. And his obedience is our refuge. We run to him. Our, his obedience is my resting place, because he has fulfilled the fifth commandment. So my breach of it might be forgiven, and we might, by his grace, begin to keep it more and more. When we trust in Jesus, the obedient son, the guilt of our slight and meagre obedience is blotted out. And our feeble attempts to keep God's law as believers is made acceptable to God and a delight to his heart. Why? Because it's been cleansed by the blood and the righteousness of Jesus. So gospel obedience, obedience clinging to Jesus, receives the blessing promised. Not as merit, not as wages, but as grace lavished on us. Not because we deserved it, but because Christ deserved it. Christ, the perfect Son, pours it out upon us. Do you see the wonder of the Gospel? He perfectly deserves it. And he pours it out on us. That is the motive for obedience. That is the motive why we obey the law of God. That is why we strive to keep the fifth commandment. Jesus obeyed so that our disobedience might be forgiven and our imperfect obedience made acceptable and pleasing because his righteousness has been poured out on us. Why would we not strive to obey when grace is given? to help and assist us. So the fifth commandment is a bridge commandment. It connects the first four and the last six, teaching us to honour God. And as we honour God, we will honour our neighbours as ourselves. It's a blanket commandment. It covers a wide range of human relationships and calls us to humility. There's, there's no way that you can stand apart from humility and a culture of respect that cuts against the grain of our society. And the fifth commandment is a beacon commandment. It shines, it shines the way home. The path of obedience lies this way because it points us to Jesus, the obedient son. Let, may God help us and make us fifth commandment people. May God make this church a fifth commandment church marked by honor and respect that we may show a world of disrespect what the gospel does. Do you see? What the gospel does. It, it shows a disrespecting world what the gospel can do. 
It renovates, transforms hearts and lives and homes to the glory and praise of Jesus. Let's pray together as we close. God and Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, whose blood and righteousness, whose obedience forgives, cleanses and pardons our disobedience. And it takes up that meagre efforts in your service and makes it acceptable that the blessing might be ours because we have not merited a thing, but he has merited it all. Help us to rest on the grace that is ours in the gospel and to live a fifth commandment life, a life of respect, honour and respect. The world may see lives that have transformed and characterised by the obedience that is the mirror image of the obedience of Christ himself in his name. Amen.